Good Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Whistle. I'm your host, Ahad, again, and with me is Mudas Siranwar, uh, joining us for another conversation on technology. So you might have known already that Anwar is, uh, or Mudas is really, really interested in technology. So I always try to bring him in when I want to talk him something about technology. So today, the topic that I have on hand is about being always online and the value of disconnecting in this always connected world. So before we continue, Anwar, what are your initial thoughts on the topic? I think the timing that you chose for this topic is really interesting because it was, I think, a couple of days ago that the Fold 5 and the Flip 5 was released. I was just watching the review, actually. The, and the new screen quite was amazing. Fascinating. It's amazing, to be honest. I'm jealous that I did not have that one. The Fold 3 was annoying. <laughs> I had the Fold 3. The whole half screen just makes everything much more amazing. And it's so fascinating that... Uh, it's so common now that a glass phone folds in two halves and it's the fifth iteration of it. It's quite unbelievable that we've come so far and we take all of this for granted. Like it, it's, it's so amazing that glass is getting folded in two halves. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot wrap my head around it till yet. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. Continue. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're talking about social media in particular today. Oh, not just social media, but just generally being online. So as as a story I was sharing when we were offline, right? That uh, my little one just bo- was born and she's just barely a few, few days old, like a week old. And I'm recording everything. Literally at 6 a.m. I'm half asleep and I'm feeding her milk. And the first thing I do is I, I pick up my phone and I record the starting time of, 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 okay, she's drinking milk now, you know? So it's such a second nature for us to always use technology for everything and my problem with that is sometimes we're not intentional about it. And that's basically what I want to talk about. Yeah, I think um, the cons of technology are like very, very apparent, I think. Uh, but um, I also think that uh, we were heading into a direction as species that there, there would have been a time that we've achieved all the basic needs. We have food on our tables. We have... Um, shelter we have everything that we need so i think it was bound to happen that we enter into a stage where um doing something just for the heck of it and not like it's not making our lives um it is making our lives easy but it's also not impacting us in a way that we cannot absolutely live without it uh like being always online but i also feel like it it was inevitable in one way or the other I, I think so as well. I think technology has always been a part of society, right? If you look at the industrial revolution and even agriculture was a technology in itself, right? That that gave us what we are today, the organized societies. But I feel like the intentionality is important now because before those technologies were still analog. And what I mean by that is you still had a choice to do agriculture, right? You still had a choice to yeah. make factories. Now it feels like you don't have a choice anymore. It's so embedded into your lifestyle that you're using it without even being aware that you're using it. A good example would be my phone, right? This little thing has made my life so much easier, but on the same time, I pick up my phone 144 times a day. That's what my app told me. That's said 144 times a day. And you can imagine that's a lot. And yeah. I don't even need to. I just keep opening WhatsApp and WhatsApp is not even like Instagram or Twitter that you you swipe down and it refreshes. It's just there. If there is nothing there, there will be nothing there. But I still, every 30 minutes, I check again. Oh, did someone message me? And you know why I do that? Because I turned off the notifications. Because I didn't want to be distracted. <laughs> so you see the problem. 
you know, I get that. Uh, and again, I'm not saying it's not harmful. It is harmful. It's, there's no denying that. But sometimes uh, we're having so much conversation about the tech and social media alone that we forget the main problem that that's causing um, all of this. Because we're not using social media because there was, I, I mean, there was a need because we are social animals and we like to interact. But there are a lot of the time there are problems that are related to our own mental health that, for example, you checking your phone is something it's like fidgeting where it's it's a common thing that we all witness because this uh, constant anxiety makes us want to do something. Sometimes it's a different problem that is being, um, I would say, exaggerated by social media because uh, we're just getting into the loop and we're not uh, being able to figure out what's wrong. But I also think that sometimes just um, uh, calling social media the bad actor, we ignore the main problem that's causing these things. I like where you're going, but I would push back a little bit because the argument sounds a lot like guns don't kill people, people kill people, right? That's the argument that it sounds like. And you know the problem with that argument. I feel like social media is designed in a way to exploit your human weaknesses. The dopamine hit that you get by always being there and showing your best self, it's, it's, it's by design. It's, it's a feature, not a bug. The like thing was a feature, not a bug. These things were designed in a way to tap into your physiological and psychological biases to make you addicted. So that's the anxiety that is coming. Don't you think there might be a correlation? And I know your answer already because you'd be like, yeah, we were not recording mental health back then. So we don't know yeah. if it was there or not. But if you look at how it's been going, even in the world of recording everything, right? Back in the days when phones were just novel for some people and now when it's common for everyone, you see an increase in mental health problems. And my argument with that is not just recording is more now, because in the last 20 years, recording has been relatively more normal, but also the fact that it's it's becoming difficult for people to disassociate from being online all the time or social media all the time and be able to focus on themselves. Mental health is a problem. Anxiety amongst teens is a problem. Body health issues are a problem. And I think all of that is not just our own biases, right? It is It is something that has been propagated by social media. Again, I think um, there's always a need to be uh, for a thing so easy and so uh, revolutionary to be regulated. I know regulation on social media or just censoring is a very big topic in itself and how we do it is a separate thing. But I also think that something that is so beneficial would have to have its, uh, its arms. So you... Uh, quoted the example of guns uh, not killing people, people killing people. That's right, but I wouldn't have that many advantages for guns. But if you look at social media, um, like WhatsApp isn't a huge thing in US. I mean, people still use it, but uh, if you come to this Asian side of things, WhatsApp is literally uh, responsible for most of the businesses that we're getting. Uh, we're having communications through it, we're selling things to it. And just as a medium, WhatsApp is huge. Similarly, the Facebook marketplace and just having to um, not having to go outside and uh, put in a lot of hours to research things. We just go online and find out things in a, in a click. And again, I know it has its own harms as well that uh, misinformation keeps spreading and uh, there's this post-truth era that we're struggling with. 
but it has given us a lot of advantages as well and i see so many people around me that are uh, being benefited by it and more than anything else i think one of the most thing uh, one, uh, one of the most fascinating things for me is the advent of tiktok and the vertical video i know a lot of people have a lot of hate for it and i get it why why it's so hated upon but i also think uh, it is revolutionizing social media in a way that everyone from every um, income level can use it uh, you just have to have a phone with a camera and you can see so many people from a uh, financially struggling background and they're not well off but they're making content and they're making a living out of it which is amazing uh, i think that is a huge plus that social media has offered us yeah i i i agree with that and but there are a couple of points here we can discuss already so yeah. uh I agree with the fact that social media's benefits are there but the argument that the pros outweigh the cons so we should be okay with it is it's not does not settle well with me right it should be like okay the pros are great but can we limit the cons right as i said a lot of things are features not bugs so you don't need the like button and instagram tried to remove the like button but then the people had a backlash because influencers were like this is how we make our money by people as sponsors look at our likes and views and they go like okay this person is is has a reach so i will pay the money so the the influencers were also a bit uh, involved in that decision making in the pushback because i remember now there's a choice now we have a choice you can hide the likes or you not hide the likes but a lot of people keep the likes on because that's the way they increase their reach but that constant hit that comes from the dopamine of looking at the likes and everything is is a very documented thing and to go back to vertical videos same issue if you notice our attention span is being trained to become less and less and less so the advent of short form video is just a way of saying that okay you need to be entertained and that again the swiping the endless swiping is also a feature not a bug on purpose to yeah. keep you addicted if if it was important to do social media which for all the reasons you said that's fine yeah. but then you don't need to have an infinite feed the infinite feed does not add any value whatsoever because if a person who needs to search or who is conscious about something will just find it it can go into the explore tab they can do something they can look for exactly the thing they need to look for but this endless thing is there because they want to keep you there the eyeballs on the phone so that they can sell their advertising revenue and for me that part becomes a bit malicious because that's on purpose you're training a generation of people to have less attention span more insecurities and these are all not intentional maybe 10 years ago if you look at 2010 14 when facebook and everything was booming maybe they did not know the the second and third order consequences of their actions but now they do now i think everyone is pretty clear in knowing what social media does and that is exactly why you have movies and videos coming out talking to you about turn off the youtube algorithm uh i actually have turned off the youtube algorithm my privacy and my history is all off so i never go on youtube's uh, rabbit hole you know there's a thing right the youtube rabbit hole i never go into it because all i see is my subscriptions and that's it if i open my subscription video on the right i only see my subscription videos or random stuff not the videos that i'm clicking having an impact on my uh, up next feed and that helps me reduce my youtube time now i only am intentional that i'm in the shower i'm like okay what is my feed i have new five videos that we finish these five videos and i'm done with youtube being more intentional is my point of view so what are your thoughts on on that i think uh this point is valid i wouldn't say that it i again like i started uh social media and tech has its harms but i i also think that uh to control it is about how much can you self monitor i think you're very good at it you keep telling me ways that you limited social media how 
how you were just telling me before we started recording that you tend to turn your phone off and the all of the apps are off before 9 uh, 9 a.m so you can do stuff like walking or reading a book and that's brilliant but it's not because anything has helped you it's because it's you have that power to self monitor and you're accountable to yourself i think a lot of people struggle with it and um, social media being so easy uh, the infinite scroll that you mentioned it's so easy to go there and keep scrolling that it's hard to resist that i get it but i also think that anything that we do and any advancement that we take would have its cons something that is so revolutionary in a way that you're getting so much out of it i'm like i'm not denying the cons but i'm saying uh it, there are ways to control it and uh again the um the the thing was which i was trying to get at was uh again what you tend to do and how you want to uh, spend your time is your own discussion i get it you value reading a book more but for someone who doesn't have those privileges to go outside and especially from a country like pakistan where <laughs> it's not that easy to go out and get that fresh air that you might get in the netherlands but so i i understand that there are advantages that people are getting but it's self monitoring and self accountability that we need to learn and limit the uh, the harms that it's giving us and while while also making full use of the benefits that it has to offer i agree and i think that's mostly the main topic we want to get into about about intentional use but before that i'm loving the fact that we are actually on the opposite sides of this because that means there is a proper room for discourse so i will push you back one more time before you go into intentional living i feel like your emphasis on self monitoring is 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 uh too optimistic or too idealistic because if that was easy then we would say the same for as i said for guns but we would also say the same for drug users right the problem with drugs off the market is that you don't want to make it easy for anyone to get right because they're addictive the idea is the same you're like you know what i want to put obstacles in place so that people don't get addicted there was a whole opioid crisis in the us because it was so easy to get opioids the whole gun crisis because it's so easy if we if you look at how the uh, who are the, the democrats are trying to limit gun use they're not banning them per se they're just saying that why don't you add background checks why don't you add some obstacles so the person who is like in a in a high fire mood to shoot someone has to go through some checks and then by that time he might be calmed down i'm a man of systems and i believe with social media that ease is there uh, is there snake up the sleeve that it looks so easy the benefits are amazing that oh anyone with a phone anywhere around the world can connect can build an audience can make money you have so many people who are doing stuff which i really really appreciate like for example lost arts of carpentry woodworking building sand houses you do you, these people on youtube have millions and millions of followers there's this person who just goes and mows lawns i'm not even joking do you, have you heard about this guy this person just goes and mows lawns all around the us or somewhere and he literally tells the the owner of the house that uh, i will do it for free because my followers are going to pay for it they want to see me mow a lawn so the, he goes to the craziest houses with craziest grass and he just mows the lawn for free and because of the views and subscriptions he gets the money his followers are happy because they find it calming that someone is mowing a lawn and the the person whose lawn is uh, lawn is being mowed is also happy because he's getting a free service or she's getting a free service so amazing system right but yeah. the problem the problem here is the system is very easy for you to use and then a lot of people who might be at risk or who can become at risk the probability goes higher 
there's a reason why for children they're trying to limit social media right they're saying you need to stop with this there was a study in tiktok that the moment you sign up on tiktok and put your age as 12 year old or 13 year old and a girl on the infinite feed the first few things you see are body dysmorphia there was a study based on that that immediately after that you see things on how to get slimmer and is your body not good enough and all of that stuff you immediately start seeing before you even start following something there was a there was the research done by some academics and these are the things that bother me that I, being a man of systems, I feel like they should have systems in place. And you know, I'm also a man of institutions, right? I believe the individual cannot do much in an institution. When you have big, big companies and big, big organizations, they should help you, the person, in becoming a better person rather than making it reliant on you that, hey, self-monitor, you, you got this. And that leads to more problems. So that is my last pushback. So what are your thoughts on that? And when we're going to move into the main topic? <laughs> I think... Um... This problem would exist for everything. The the advent of wheel or the industrial revolution. Sure, there are you're getting a lot of things made very easily and made in bulk and a lot cheaper than what you used to get before. But that also means that there have been harms to the climate. We're literally struggling for, uh, we're having an existential crisis right now. So I think this problem exists in every new invention, every new innovation. Uh, I'm not, again, I'm not denying the cons of it, but it's about how you use it. Um, again, this might be a segue to the next topic we uh, we were thinking of discussing, but now that Fediverse is a thing, uh, there's a thing called, like, you'll have separate servers, and if you're against anything related to violence or um, you're very against... Um, I, I don't know, like animal killing, any animal policy killing. or yeah. any point. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're again. So you can choose a separate server where the things you're okay with, the, the that owner of that server is also okay with. You can go there. Again, I know it, it would also be misused, but you have the choice to um, pick and choose where you want to go. So that's one thing. Um, the, the body dysmorphia thing, I think that's, again, a very valid point, but you might be happy to hear that there's this uh, policy that is in the works in the US that uh, the targeted ads or targeted anything wouldn't be a part of uh, social media if you're below the age of 18, which is the normal uh, minimum age for an uh, adult. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I think that is a, a good thing. So I'm not against regulations, although I have my concerns uh, about who makes the rules and how it's done. But I also think that Sometimes criticizing it, we forget how much benefit we're getting out of it. And we get too critical to the point where we don't realize that every innovation and every new thing would have its harms. That's how the, the yeah. world works. Indeed, indeed. But for me, the biggest problem about this particular innovation is the scale. Every innovation has its harms, but the scale, because it's digital, so easily deployable, you, you see the scale makes the magnitude a bit higher. And I think that's why my focus is a lot on, on those things. But yes, I understand completely that in institutions can be flawed. And that I think it's a process of iteration that you keep going and building and building and improving your institutions so that they can make better decisions because that's what you do as, an, uh, as, a, as a citizen of a country, right? You vote because you want to offload your thinking to someone else. You're like, you know what? I trust this person. They know what's good for me. And I'm hoping that they can also do this on a, on a digital realm because with Fediverse, as you're already seeing, I'm, although this is a digression, I don't want to go too much into it, but this already is showing me a lot of problems 
if you have a server with only like-minded people are showing up, you can imagine the echo chambers are getting bigger and bigger and, and everyone is in their own safe space and then no one is willing to discuss with the other side. And that, that will open up a whole host of other problems. But we can talk about that in the next topic. Let's move yeah. into the main main gist of the topic. So we agree that there are problems with being always connected. Social media is just an op- an idea. You can also have LinkedIn. Well, technically that's also social media, but you can also have like other domains like uh, having technology or like a smart home or something like always reliant on technology for whatever you need. My point is, and we all, you also said, till the institutions are there and support systems are there, you might have to self-monitor. And I personally believe systems are better than willpower because willpower will break. And my systems, you might say it in a way that, oh, it looks great that I have this system, but almost every other day I've broken the system because I'm like, you know what? I'm up till one because the baby hasn't slept yet. Let me just see if someone has messaged me or let me see if there's something new. So it happens every now and then. But the idea is more often than not, it doesn't happen because when I see the grayscale and when I try to click on something, it says, oh, it's locked. I then have a choice. I'm like, I can either zoom, uh, like swipe down and then uncheck the the routine so that it opens everything up. Or I can be like, you know what? I'll keep it down. I'll focus on something else. So that extra barrier really, really helps. So let's move into the self-monitoring aspect that what can we do in trying to make uh, our life a little bit less always on? So what are your thoughts on always on? Do Do you think there are benefits of those things? And what do you think could be some tips and tricks you can share in trying to disconnect? I think being a tech nerd and like I mentioned, <laughs> uh, the flip five and fold five before, yeah. um, uh, especially the flip five, although the screen out, the, uh, the outside screen is starting to get bigger to the point. Like, yeah, it kind of breaks the purpose, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I still like the idea that there's a mini screen and you can do the necessary tasks with it, but I'm sure you won't get into that, uh, the scrolling loop with a small screen. So yeah. what it does is you can do, you, you can check your notification and you can do the necessary thing. And even if you want to do something that requires a lot of social media engaging, when you're doing it on a small screen, there's again, that layer thing that you were talking about, um, something that is stopping you firsthand. Like the, the more barriers there are, the better it is for you. So I think that becomes one of the barriers. So I think, again, if that still requires your own willpower. But that's a good way to do things. Uh, again, the technology is getting weird in a way that now that uh, your watch w- was a thing, like you can make calls with it, you can even message with it, and um, it could have all those cellular abilities. But now that the watch bands are getting big, the watch dials are getting big, that is also getting difficult. But I like the idea of get- making more layers uh, to this experience that we get. Yeah, indeed. I think the more you try to place obstacles on the way, the more intentional you can be of your use. So being a tech nerd, you are intentional of your use. You look at that screen and you go like, you know what, I'm going to use it. I know why I'm going to use it. And that helps. For me, when I had the flip phone, the idea that I got the flip phone, you know that, was because I wanted to limit my phone usage. I was like, you know what, this is going to be a barrier to entry. But it didn't. Every single time I would just I mean, open it. And it's, it's a beautiful phone as well. You cannot deny that. It is a wonderful phone. But <laughs> the whole point of it being close is that I don't get to use it much, right? And that really yeah. helped. Now, with the screen on the outside, kind of kind of makes that difficult because then you can immediately yeah. just click and you see 
notifications. So one thing that I always recommend to people when I say that, okay, you want to disconnect a little bit is just turn off all notifications. They're not important. The whole point of notifications is that they're trying to grab your attention. But if you are intentional about your use of technology, why would you need notifications? You don't need a notification to eat, right? You don't need a notification to sleep. You don't need a notification when you want to go meet a loved one or call a loved one. It comes to you. You're like, you know what? I'm missing this person. That thought comes into your head. So like that, you also have to like find a way to not let the notifications direct you in your day, but you direct the notifications in your day that, you know what? I'm going to close this down. And whenever I feel ready, maybe according to a schedule at 3 p.m., I'm going to check WhatsApp. Then I'm going to open and I'm going to reply to people in a batch. And then again, I'm going to close and I'm going to look at it a few days later. To be fair, still cannot do it. I try, I've tried so hard. I've tried so hard. With mails, I can do it now. But yeah. with WhatsApp, that's my only. So I don't have Insta, social, not, no social media on my phone. Yeah. Only WhatsApp. And that still does like 14 hours a, a week of, of, of WhatsApp. And I don't know how to reduce it. So. I mean, it's amazing how this uh, podcast is going to go on YouTube and you'll find a few reels on it on Instagram, but the creator of it doesn't use Instagram. Doesn't use it. It's, 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 it's iron, ironic to begin with, right? But yeah. it's so difficult to, as you said, it's so difficult to get a reach in this day and age without being online. But yeah. if I am online, I always just check the likes. Right now, the video uh, there's a reel that went live an hour ago and already on my computer... I checked, I opened Instagram like three times just to check. Oh, look. Oh, another like. Oh, another like. And this is what I have a problem with. You get it? And that's why I don't keep it on my phone. Only when I'm sitting on a computer, then I check all my social medias and then I close it down. But even with that, it's a problem that I do it every few hours. I think, again, um, I might go to the uh, initial point that I made. To begin with, the thing, these problems are our own. This external validation that we need, the likes that we need, or um, just knowing how many people want to see my face, how many people want to hear what I'm saying, it's all connected to um, the lack of self-love that you have for yourself. If you're satisfied with yourself, you know you're good enough and you don't need someone else to tell you that. I think you wouldn't need that. But what you're doing, you're, you're making this podcast and I know how much you love talking about things and you just enjoy um, making these difficult conversations easier. So this is what you do for the passion that you have. Not because you're do- you're not doing it because you'll get more likes. I know, like this is something that adds on to it, but you enjoy doing it. So I think if you can regulate yourself enough, and again, I would highly emphasize that uh, at at this day and age, uh, with uh, all of things that are happening and all of the things that are going on, that you should really go to therapy and. Once you do that, you'll realize that the the validation that you need can come from yourself. The um, the fidgeting that you need, the the constant uh, willingness to go to social media that you need is related to your own mental health issues, and that they can be solved. And once you can solve them, it would be much more easier to um, make the social media beneficial for you and avoid all those harms that we've discussed just now. I know that this is interesting. I like it. <laughs> but uh, for me, I love I love when we disagree. So I like I like this that you are focusing a lot on the individual, but yeah. it is it is a biological feature in us to to receive validation. It's it's literally a feature for us to be in tribes, for us to have these dopamine hits. Why 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 do we do what we do? Right? Because we get a dopamine hit. And dopamine yeah. hit is our body's way of telling us to do more of that that's good for you. And yeah. the social media manipulated that in trying to give us fake dopamine hits 
for stuff that does not bring any real value. And that's where the problem lies, that you you can try to tell everyone that, no, it's not external validation. I don't believe in external validation. You know that. But mm-hmm. I still look at those likes because I'm like, you know what? My business is booming or something like that. It's not just about me. It's about my brand then. Everything is, but even then it becomes difficult. A good example of this would be there was this WhatsApp group I used to join. It was about the football, right? It was a, a lot about football. And recently I left it because there was a lot of conversation that it, the season hasn't started yet. So there was a lot of speculation and, and stupid conversation that I didn't want. I felt like there was no value. And the problem with me is if there are 150, 200 messages, I will read all of them. I cannot just open and close it like like most of you can. I have this problem that I want, like, I want to read it. So I left the group. And when I left the group, you have no idea my WhatsApp reads actually went down. Because now there's not many groups. The other group that we have is, is, is a general group in which max there are like 50 messages. People just bantering each other and then it stops. But that group was pretty active. <laughs> and because of that, I was always on WhatsApp looking at the video. And now suddenly it's gone. So that dopamine hit is gone of, of the banter we used to do with each other, of, of a comeback, of a reply. And now suddenly I have more time. I feel more fresher. I didn't change anything about myself. I didn't need to go to therapy or or regulate my emotions. That external thing was actually affecting me a lot. And you realize that once you remove it, and that is exactly why I like this concept of of disconnecting, intentionally disconnecting, because when you intentionally disconnect, you realize what you're missing out on. It's, it's, It's the argument that you make, right? How do you know there was no mental health issues in the past if you were not recording it? If you were not recording it, then you don't know if there wasn't. Same thing, if you've never been authentically truly offline how do you know what you're missing out on yeah no i i get it uh, different things work for different people uh, for you leaving the group helped and uh, i i wouldn't stop anyone uh, from doing these things because if it helps for you if it works for you it's fine i'm nobody to tell you what to do but i also think that despite um, your your arguments about tribalism and wanting that validation. I'm not denying that. But I also think that you can train your thoughts. You can train how you want things to go. Um, Even if you take social media out of it, you generally want people to appreciate you. If you work work on something, you work hard uh, on it. You want people to like that. You want people to appreciate it. I get it. But... um, you you can also uh, limit it in a way that it shouldn't affect you. Once it starts affecting you, it it becomes a problem. Uh, again, checking likes is okay. You are wanting to know how many people liked it or just checking the reaction, it's fine. But once it starts affecting you, I think you need to look inwards. And again, I, I strongly believe that uh, self-love and uh, understanding these things, under, understanding mental health issues is important and these things can be solved. It's not that hard, as hard as we think it is. I understand your point of view and I think that is one part of what you need to do. But there's, of course, there's also this other part that I feel like it's 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 uh, it's engineered in a way. It, it's, it's a sandbox that is rigged. It's a game you are meant to fail. And why I say that is because a lot of YouTubers... Uh, there's a there's a whole group of YouTubers who are stopped who stopped creating content. Millions of subscribers. They were like it was getting to us. The constant need to upload new content to make money was getting too much to us. They some some of them left. Uh, there was this lady who was an influencer and she left to go back to a nine to five 
she was like the nine to five is so much easier than being an influencer because now I know I can check in and I can check out and I can earn money to just sustain my lifestyle. But with an influencer, you have to be constantly online, share everything about you, always say, and they're like that because that's what people want. They want to be a part of your lives and you have to commit to giving them that part. And that comes at a cost. You have online trolling, you have all of that stuff. So for me, the, the sandbox is rigged and that's what it really bothers me. But we have talked about that a lot. So let's move towards you you're saying that self-regulation is important and you strongly believe it's possible so i would like to ask you do you disconnect or if you don't how do you handle social media or being always online getting to you um my way of doing things is i'm not saying i'm handling it perfectly but i try to check my mood after a few days um for example, if this need of doing something or just going online again and again, you tend to notice uh, your mood changing. I know there are other stuff going on, and but you do realize that uh, the constant need that your um, subconscious is telling you something and that doesn't really add up. Um, what I do is after a little while, I try to look inwards and try to think what what is affecting me, what thoughts I have and how, uh, like, does it make sense or not? If I'm thinking of going on Instagram and starting to watch uh, reels, uh, like the loop that we go in. I, again, in the moment I might uh, do and I might go uh, to these uh, these websites, but once I look back and look uh, towards the things I did, I realize what I'm doing wrong. So you might know this already. I used to be very active on Twitter. I used to follow... Uh, whatever was going on I used to tweet very regularly but after a while I did realize that it was getting to me in a way that I was constantly engaging in the same things I was uh, uh, I was engaging with trolls I was trying to get back at people so I realized that there was something that's wrong and that needs to be fixed once I realized that it it became very easy for me to I wouldn't say quit because I still have the app but I have that uh the, the ability to log out, as you might call it. So similarly, uh, for other social medias as well, the trying to um, use an alternate for it. For example, if I'm using too much of Instagram, I tend to go to YouTube and find videos that would actually help me. And I think that, would, that wouldn't affect my mood in a way it was affecting before. So again, I am emphasizing a lot on self-regulation because I think uh, at the end of the day, if you are able to self-regulate, however, whatever way it works for you, um, disconnecting would be one way. But whatever way it works for you, you can do that. And once you can achieve that, I think it would do wonders for you. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. But it's very difficult to to get there, get where you are. So I would like to share two things. Uh, yeah. One, I love your self-regulation because I'm jealous of your self-regulation because my wife has the same same. And this, this is not about being online. It's about food. Uh, so it, with social media and everything, I might have a little bit of discipline, right? But with food, I have zero discipline. My wife, somehow amazing. And it always made me jealous because all she would do is she would talk a little bit like you. She'd be like, Ahad, just stop eating when you're full. And I'm like, this, it's, it's not that easy. <laughs> it's not that easy. I'm never full. That's the problem. So I would go somewhere. I would eat uh, out. There is this wonderful place and there's this very interesting Dutch creation. It's called a capsulon. That also in Dutch means a barber. I don't know why, but both of them in the dish and the barber's name is the same. 
So this mm-hmm. dish is basically shawarma or doner. You must know that one of those two, right? So mm-hmm. a shawarma or a doner, so it is a plate of fries. Then you have the meat. Then you have some salad on top and then you have cheese. And then you blow towards the cheese to melt it. And it's all in an aluminum what do you call it? That bag, box, aluminum box. So you can imagine how calorie dense that thing is and how empty calorie dense that thing is. So yeah. it's right here, 10 minutes away from my house by walk. So I find an excuse. I'm like, I tell my wife, you know what? I'm going to go for my walk. And I go there and I eat it and I come back and I go like, ah, oh, that was a wonderful one hour walk. You know? So I, I've done that a lot and I'm not proud of it, but I've done that a lot because for me, that thing gives me comfort. Yeah. Like that comfort normal household food doesn't give me. But even in household foods, when my, I, I cook food, my wife has this much of a portion, I have this much of a portion. And she's like, why can't you just have this much of a portion? I'm like, let me try. I try, but I'm still hungry. And then I overeat. So my wife says, oh, you, it's very easy. Just know yourself. Feel, you should be feeling full. Count the calories. And I'm like, it's not that easy. It's not that easy to convince myself. And that's something I'm still working on right now. I'm trying to go to a di- di- dietist and try to understand from a dietist, okay, what works for me, what doesn't work for me. But my point about that is to bring it back to the online conversation. It's very, it's, it's a very honorable thing to self-regulate, but it's a thing that is a privilege in itself because a lot of people don't have that. And why don't they have that? It's because human beings by nature are lazy species. There's this, uh, there's actually this phenomena called the law of least effort. If I will give you an example, if you are stranded in the middle of nowhere and you're thirsty, right? And then there's a river right next to you. And then there's a river across the mountain. Where would you drink your water? The one right next to me. Humans will always go for the path, the, the path, easiest path or the path with the least effort, because that's how we're built. And that's exactly why these tools are annoying because these tools exploit the, the law of least effort. They make it so easy for you to do anything that it becomes very difficult for you to self-regulate. And uh, it's wonderful that you can do it. And I think I also agree with you that I would love to see a day when I could just go on social media, post a little bit, comment on my friends, connect with them because that's what it's there for actually. And then be able to log out and just check in a few days later to see how my friends are doing. But easier said than done. I mean, yeah, uh, the the companies are helping in a way. I mean, I don't trust companies because in a capitalistic system, at the end of the day, all they want is profit. And yeah. it's very hard to get that balance. But I also think there are good things that are happening. Our digital well-being has gone uh, gotten a lot better. Um, even the apps would remind you. Like I do have that reminder on Facebook that if I'm using it for like 20 or 30 minutes in a day, it would remind me. So uh, again, I'm not saying there is the perfect solution, but you're getting more and more things. Uh, and about the point you made about food, I think that is a very good example in a way that, again, um, getting lean or getting fit requires a lot of effort too. And different diets work for different people. Like, uh, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before as well, that ketog- I started doing ketogenic diet. It did work for me as well, but I realized that it's not for me. So I think different techniques work for different people. Another thing that I do, uh, which I do with food and with social media is I don't deprive myself of that uh, of that thing so if i want to eat something sweet if i want to eat something that has a lot of calories i wouldn't say no to it but i would prioritize my normal uh, meals first i would have a proper lunch i would have a proper dinner i would have a proper breakfast after that if i feel like eating something and i've taken a gap of like an hour or two i might go uh, to eat something 
and i wouldn't stop myself from eating it but i would say that maybe i could slow that down maybe take a couple of bites and see if i'm still hungry again i'm not telling myself that you you only have to eat those couple of bites and stop but i'm just trying to take it slow once you take it slow you start realizing that maybe you're not that hungry so similarly social media if i would open that app and uh, just log out of it or just turn my phone down so and think of it like do i really need to go back or is there something i can do uh, better or is there something i would uh, do for dopamine and that would still help me if i can come up with a solution sure i'd uh, go with that if i cannot i'll continue doing that but if you keep uh, if you start doing that again and again there would be a time that it would be easier to self regulate yourself again this technique works for me it might not work for you but i'm just saying there are several different techniques and you can try different things and something should work for you no i i think that's a wonderful that's wonderful advice because what i hear from you is that you are also putting barriers in place right you're like i have mm-hmm. barriers i'm stopping myself i'm like okay if i eat my proper meals and then i'm still hungry then i'm going to think about it and even if i'm hungry i'm just going to eat a few bites to see if i am still hungry i'm going to eat about those are basically barriers you're putting in place and social media also sure. needs to have these barriers in place you talked about timers and digital well-being but i have a really interesting question for you have you seen the apps do that or is that the hardware maker doing it no it's the apps doing it as well no the app uh, the app timer is by samsung itself for example if you no. put in an app timer yeah it's the not the app really... timer isn't is uh, within the app as well so instagram has it facebook has it i didn't know uh, i didn't see that i only saw it like in my so in my digital wellbeing i can use 15 minutes of screen time and then close it from samsung's ui so samsung does not allow me to open the app anymore inside facebook itself i've never seen an option of facebook letting me close the app after 15 minutes or that kind of timer i've never seen it in any of the settings no it is there it would uh, give you a small task uh, a notification that you still want to use it or do you want to dismiss this notification again you can dismiss it but it does ah, tell you okay okay now that's interesting i did not know that because for me the timers are all on on the hardware side and that makes sense to me from a, from a profitable point of view because yeah they don't care if you're on apps a lot or not because mm-hmm. they care that you bought their product that's all they care about they like yeah we we took 1000 euros out of you and now you use it or not it doesn't bother us so here are some tools for you to limit all your app use and two years later buy us again please so so from their point of view it's not in their it's not in their immediate disinterest to no, stop us from think, using it no but i think you living in europe would know this uh, better than me that this european union cracking down on these tech companies and you see tech ceos being on the chair and being asked questions i think that has a big role to play and also i think they're having their existential crisis of sorts that uh, meta is worried that they'll survive or not and similarly all these social media apps so they have to do these things out of compulsion not because it's profitable yeah that's true that that could be the case but that's another digression out of the out of yeah. the topic i think european union one thing i really like about living in europe is this that they really prioritize human well-being a lot but that is because they have everything else covered right so in the start of the conversation you actually talked about this you said that the value of whatsapp in asia is unparalleled because you are able to make a living but that's the thing you are able to make a living is not something that we have to worry about here everyone can yeah. make a living here and then that's an addition on top if you want to build a business great go for social media but not everyone wants to or needs to build a business to survive they can do the minimum wage job and still be able to afford a house food and a little bit of luxuries 
but in in Pakistan or in in South Asia, some people have to go to these resorts because there is nothing else around them. The labor is so cheap that people don't people are not willing to pay you a lot of money to work, and maybe online you might be able to find better clients. So that livelihood aspect does change things a bit. I do get that, but the for me personally, for you, the pros outweigh the cons. For me personally. In the condition that I am in, the cons and the pros are very equal, and that's why I try to reduce the cons as much as I can because it's there are a lot of things that are wonderful about social, uh, uh, of being always connected, like working virtually. I give trainings virtually. Uh, I I've been able to increase my uh, my income as as a person by being able to work remotely for one organization, but by also training another organization without having to go there and from the comfort of my own house, save money on commute. Those are the things that are amazing by being online, staying connected with people who you don't stay connected. What you are doing is thanks to technology and being online, right? We won't be able to do this because we're not physically together. So there are a lot of benefits in my eyes that are there, which I'm not denying, but the cons such as the fear of missing out or checking everything, like now being an entrepreneur, I always want to look for my next client. So now again, out of compulsion, and this is compulsion I'm saying, every morning or every afternoon, every few hours I go online, I check LinkedIn, I scroll through some job listings. I check the other uh, gig website and I check if there's some new gig for me. I don't need it. I'm booked till the end of the year with my current client, but I still just go check it. I'm like, what if there's something more interesting? And this is what I hated about it. This is not intentional. I don't need it. But my the 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 ease of the access trumps my, my awareness and my intentionality that it tells me, you know what, it's just going to be a few minutes. Just go check it. And that few minutes becomes few minutes every hour turns out to be an hour a day. Uh, I think uh, this is uh, I think this is generally where we tend to disagree. You you're someone who likes to make systems and you want to uh, you you prefer thing being imposed by institutions. I'm someone who believes that until that individual understands the pros and cons and tries to make an effort or at least realizes it, uh, I, I, there, the difference cannot come. Uh, I keep emphasizing that you can force people to do things, but in a democratic government, you also know that someone who's making all these policies which people are against, they would be voted out eventually. So if that individual doesn't realize what uh, these policies mean and what these rules mean, I think they're, they're not uh, useful in, in that aspect. I agree. I agree with that aspect. I, I would like to correct you a little bit. And I think we're running at the end. And this is becoming a very big of a digression. But I think this is a very interesting conversation. That's why I'm, I'm letting this digression happen. I don't believe institutions should control people. I believe institutions help people make better decisions. Like education, for example. You can argue as much as you want. But if there was no compulsion for education then people will not get educated. There was no intrinsic need for people to be educated. In Europe, for example, it's by law. If you don't send your child to school, the police comes to your house. Childcare services comes to your house. They will take your child away if you don't send them to school. And this is one of the reasons why they all are educated. In Pakistan, there is no such thing. And that's exactly why they don't prefer doing it. They're like, you know what? Why send my child to school? Why pay for it? Why do all of that? So even not pay for it. There is a Citizens Foundation which teaches your child for free. Yet their, their parents don't send their kids. So it's not about the money. It's about that so people are slow moving and organizations can help nudge them in the right direction. And I'm completely with you. I completely think that humans should be completely capable by themselves. 
but I'm also realistic in saying that not everyone has a mental capacity or the ability to, to be completely themselves yet. And that's where organizations come in. They organizations are there to empower you, to equip you with the right tools and decisions so that you can become a better version of yourself. And that's why democracy works really well. They're, they're, these are policies they think that is going to work for you. And if it works, they get reelected. If it doesn't work, they get kicked out and someone else comes in who tries to impress them again. And I think from that perspective, it's, it's a hand in hand thing that you need to be able to understand what works for you, but you also need to have people who are supporting you and empowering you because if they don't, then you might not always make the right decision. If it was that easy, then none of us would be obese, right? None of us would have financial issues. None of us would be drug addicts. All of that wouldn't happen if people knew what was good for them. Yeah, again, um, I wouldn't say that there shouldn't be harsh rules and uh, there's a reason that we say the monopoly of violence belongs to the state because state should have the power to intervene and intervene in violent ways if need be because they are the ones that are uh, responsible to, uh, to, to take care of the greater good of the society. So I get that. But I also think that uh, the more research we're getting, the more we're finding out that uh, forcing people to do things doesn't really work. So I'm not saying that it shouldn't happen at all. It should happen in the short term, but our ultimate goal should always be to educate people in a way that if, if someone doesn't want to send their child to school, I think there is something fundamentally wrong with them and it, it needs to be taken care of in, on an urgent basis. So uh, I think that is such a basic thing that people should know this by now. So again, I would uh, emphasize more on trying to educate people and the same goes with social media, trying to tell people of the harms. And I think this is also on social media's credit that people, more influencers, and there are a lot of people, at least who I follow, are telling their followers and uh, yeah, their followers that these things can have their disadvantages. Like there's an influencer that I really like. Uh, they recently made a video that I would still make content, but I might not be as consistent. But these followers also are learning with them. So it's good in a way that we're all learning together and using the same social media to make it a tool that benefits us more than it harms us. So I think it is possible. Um, we do need a leap of faith and we do need to be realistic about it. But we also shouldn't give up hope that we cannot fix this. No, that I agree. I think that's, that's, uh, that's very nice. Those kind of follow, those kind of uh, influences, to be fair, are in the minority, because most influencers are playing, trying to trying to crack the algorithm, trying to make something happen, trying to. I see people just flaunting uh, same things again and again, just to get all the likes and everything, because that's how they make money. So, it's it's become a thing that it's not just about creating content anymore. It's also about the fact that you make money from it, and that changes it, right? If it was for free, like if you didn't have have any. In, motivation extrinsic motivation like money but intrinsic motivation like uh, to share content or like to share your things social media will be a completely different place then people who are actually interested in doing these things will be doing like teachers for example if this would be the case then everyone would become a teacher right but teacher doesn't pay a lot and that's exactly why only people who are really interested become teachers and trainers because they like you know what it gives us energy now the money is good it's, it's, it's a plus point, but it's not the reason. If that was the reason, then I would be working in corporate instead of education. And that's the same with here. The money is so much in certain cases, people are trying to run for that instead of running for the fact that, okay, am I sharing something valuable? 
But I think that uh, that that is uh, always going to be the case. Technology will always have a pro and a con, as you said. And uh, yeah. we would like to empower and educate people. But as you said yourself, if there's some, something fundamentally wrong with someone because they don't want to educate their child and we should educate them is compulsion by itself. And if they don't want to, that's their choice. But in certain things as a society, we cannot accept those choices. You cannot kill someone. You cannot not educate someone. And these are the rules we grow with. If 20 years in the past, 50 years in the past, education was not that important. 200 years in the past, killing someone was not punishable till an extent if the person was a different color, right? So it, it keeps going back. We keep, as you said, we keep growing and we keep learning. And I feel like institutions shape your learning more than the individual can shape the institution. If you notice South Asia, there was a Muslim uh, leadership while there was a Hindu majority population. And it was a lot top down rather than bottom up. If it was bottom up, then then they would become Hindus after a while, right? But that didn't happen because it no, was it top failed. down. Yeah, it, it did fail. Till an extent it failed because you have a lot of organizations where it worked, right? For certain generations, we're forgetting that that leadership was there for thousands of years, hundreds of years, not just for a couple of years. And in certain cases, there was a golden age. In certain cases, there wasn't. So that that is more of a, of a succession issue rather than a leadership issue. In the same with Khmer, which was Cambodia, you had a Hindu leadership and you had Hindu population. And that also failed because the leaders were not good. But in certain cases, some leaders were great and then it worked. But that that is a point for some 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 other time. Let's close out the conversation. Uh, uh, for me, I think I've said most I wanted to say. I really, really enjoyed this conversation because for the first time we were on the opposite ends of something and that led to a, such an easy conversation that an hour passed by without me even feeling it. So... I do not have anything to say. I will try not to push you back on whatever you say. So what are your last thoughts? I think I would reiterate to the point that um, try always to look inwards. If you're realizing, if you're watching that uh, this podcast, you probably already know that there are a lot of harms. And I think you've already taken the first step, if not more, that you know that you need to control it. And if you're here, if you've listened to this podcast, you probably already know that there are ways to regulate yourself. And um, again, prioritize your mental health. And uh, if therapies is what you need to control it, uh, go with that. But try to look inwards and you should always believe that you can fix it. This endless loop of going into one social media website and the other, it can be fixed, but you need to learn the art of self-regulation and it's not as difficult as you might think it is. All right, great. That's that's amazing. Thank you so much for everything, Madhasar. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I'm looking forward to having you back for the, the Fediverse. I think that's also yeah, going to be a very, very interesting conversation. And uh, till then, everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you had fun. I hope you learned more today than you did yesterday. And uh, bye-bye. <laughs>